It's good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. I'm glad that I'm saved. Amen. Amen. This morning, uh, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me over to James chapter number four. James chapter number four. When you get your spot, I want you to say, God is good. James four. God is good. Amen. Amen. We're still getting there. James 4. God is good. Amen. Today, people are so busy living out their lives that they have lost time to be intimate with the Lord. This is a world that is driving man to every corner, keeping him busy. You think about it, most people work days and nights. The devil has a purpose in keeping people busy. This natural world is busy because it's lacking some things. Can I say this this morning? The earth is cursed. And it has been depleted of some things. That started with the Garden of Eden when sin entered. There are too many people today that are all fighting for a a piece of bread. It is a survival of the fittest. And don't get me wrong this morning. There's nothing wrong in studying and working hard and and being all that you can be. And, but the problem is, is people are working around the clock and finding no satisfaction. People are ready to work hard. They're ready to put forth their best effort. But in many cases, there's nothing to show for it. And I begin to ask why. The Bible spoke through the prophet Habakkuk. I'm sorry, Haggai, and said people were earning wages only to put them in a bag that was filled with holes. We're racing against time. We're racing against the devil's world. We're racing to get which is fast emptying out. And by doing so, many today do not even realize how broken their spiritual life has become. How many have sacrificed even what we would consider a very good life in order to seek after things that will only bring them a moment of pleasure? They've sacrificed wives. They've sacrificed children, joy, and time only to gain something that gave them a moment of satisfaction. And the devil is surely a hard task master when it comes to us losing our time. When the world cannot give time for the Lord, but time for everything else. 
This morning, I want to introduce you to what God spoke through James. And once you get to the root of it all, all your striving, all your struggling will end. You'll get your resources through a much better outlet when you tap into what God has said in His Word. So this morning, James 4, uh, this morning... And God began to speak this to me, and I hope that the Lord will bless you as we look at this together. Uh, verse number, uh, James chapter number 4 is where we're going to be today. And the Bible says this. I, I want to begin uh, reading in verse number 3. The Bible says that you ask... And you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that the friendship with the world is intimate with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us earns jealousy? But he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. This morning, I want to preach a message from what God has laid on our hearts entitled, Draw Close. Draw Close. Verse number 8 is what I'm interested in. He said to draw near to God. Everybody this morning, say draw close with me. Draw close. Amen. That was weak, but we're going to work on that today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father... In Jesus' name, we're, we're asking you, Lord, to bless in the service today. God, as your humble servant, I come here this morning and I bow before you. And Lord, we've laid on these altars and we've prayed and pleaded the blood of Jesus would fall. God, that the anointing would fall on this place. And Lord, that you would bless the preacher today as he tries his best just to preach what you've laid on our hearts. But God, we're asking you to anoint these words. May they go to the hearts of people. Speak to people, change people's lives, God. Let this word help them today. God, thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. I know that you've got great plans. Bless and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Draw close. I was looking at the weather report just the other day. As a matter of fact, Friday I was looking at it and... Uh, I noticed that it was like a 98% chance of more rain. And I was like, that's just great, more rain. And then I was off to work and I, I wanted to get some outdoor stuff done, but of course, 
more rain. So I went to my trusty 10-day forecast, but it also told me that it was going to rain some today. And then it said it's going to rain some Monday, 90% chance. And then it said it's a 60% chance it's going to rain a little more Wednesday. By Friday, it's marked down to 30%. Saturday, it's 30%. Sunday, it's 30%. And boy, I was just sitting there complaining about all the wetness, all the rain that's going on. And I, I began to uh, gripe and complain a little bit. And the Spirit of God just come right and spoke to my heart and began to teach me some things. And this is what God spoke to me. He said, with the changings of seasons, there's always storms before the good weather arrives. And I began to think on that. And I began to do a little research and began to look at that from a seasonal point. The old saying is what? March winds brings April showers so that it can bring May flowers. June, well, by the time you get to June, it's just hot until it gets cold again. There's no good saying for June other than hot. But seriously, we have our worst storms during the time of season that it's changing. You've got tornado season. You've got hurricane season. You have the thunderstorms that arrive late in summer. All of this happens, for the most part, during a seasonal change. And as I was sitting there and talking with the Lord, God began to speak to my heart. And He began to tell me that there are some people here today that God told me to tell you that you need to stop worrying about everything because you are just in a seasonal change. You may be fighting hell right now, and you may feel like the devil's winning right now, but the sun is going to shine again. Amen. God said that uh, He does His best work during the storms of our lives. You may have lost your happiness this morning, but I want to tell you that the storm is almost over. You may have lost your joy today, but the storm is coming to an end. You may be struggling financially today, but the storm, it's on its way out the door. You may be struggling with doubt today, but God told me to tell you and deliver you that this is just a seasonal change. The storm is almost over. You may be here this morning and say, Preacher, my family... My family is completely out of control. Everything is falling apart. 
I want you to know this morning under the inspiration and the anointing of God that your family is not falling apart. The season is just changing and God's putting everything in order and there's about to be a breakthrough that comes through in your family if you just ride out the storm. Just hold on to Jesus for a little while longer. Everything you feel like you've lost, God's about to bless it back to you. He's about to bring it back tenfold. Just hold on to Jesus this morning. You say, preacher, how in the world am I going to make it? Uh, You don't understand. Uh, I do understand what the Word of God said. It said if you're going to make it, you're going to have to draw close. The psalmist said this this morning, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Weeping may uh, endure just for a night, but there's coming a morning where the sun's going to rise and there's going to be joy once again. So if you're here this morning, you say, Preacher, I ain't got no joy. I'm going to tell you just to hold on just a little bit longer because the sun will rise again. Hold on to the hand of Jesus. Draw close unto the Lord. Draw close. Somebody in the house this morning, you need to praise God right now because a new season is headed your way. Some of you right now, you've been going through hell. You've been fighting, but boy, you're back in the house of God today. Some of you have been fighting with your family. Some of you have been fighting financially, but God's about to work everything out if you just draw close to Him. Let me say this real quick. Now is not the time to quit. Now is not the time to slow down. Now is not the time to sit around and cry and mourn. Now is the time for the people of God to draw close unto Jesus. Tell somebody this morning, you need to draw close to Jesus because there is coming a seasonal change. Everything is about to change if we'll just draw real close unto Him and draw up to Him and snuggle just a little bit with Jesus. Everything is going to work itself out. James said, draw close. Uh, The Bible in New King James, he used the word draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Preacher, what is drawing near to Jesus? Well, drawing near, drawing nice, according on what translation you have, King James says draw nigh. New King James says draw near. Uh, ESV says draw close. What does it mean to draw close unto Jesus, preacher? Well, let me tell you what it's not real quick, and then we're going to preach a little while. Drawing close is not that you do it once in a while when you're in a trouble, you begin to seek God for your needs. That's not what he's talking about when he says draw close. He's not talking about using God like a spare tire, only pull him out when you need him. That's not what the writer's talking about. 
He's not talking about uh, uh, when you sit for prayer, you get inside your prayer closet and that's it. Uh, He's not talking about just getting in a prayer closet. Oh, Lord, bless me if you can. Uh, He's not talking about those type of prayers. He's not talking about lying on the couch uh, and being anxious of all things uh, and living in our own little world, in our own little bubble and thinking, woe is me, this is the end of everything. Uh, He's not talking about living in a defeat when God has promised you can have the victory. He's not just talking about singing the hymns like we're bored to death. Oh, He's not talking about being restless because we think that Jesus will not pull us through. But what He is talking about... He's talking about drawing up close to Jesus. He's talking about uh, bringing Jesus in to your life and into the mess that's going on in your life. I looked that up. That drawing near. And in the original language, it has a, it has a, a funny meaning. It means... To take up God with you. To take, see, we think of drawing close, we think of just getting close to something. But the original language, it means, it means to take God up with you. Let me say it this way it means to bring God into your case. Boy, that's good. I don't know why it's so, it's, so, it's, so, it's so quiet in here today. But that right there is really, really good. Because I don't know about you, but in my own strength, I cannot make it. But when I bring God into my case... When something's going on in my life and I know on my own that I cannot make it. But when I call on God and I bring God into the case, all things begin to work out. In my own strength, I know that I cannot defeat the enemy. But boy, when I bring God into my case, everything begins to change. Somebody, you need to hear this today. The storm is going to pass. You just need to bring God into your case. Just bring him into the case. James said, draw close to him. Draw near. And I want to give you an example of that this morning. I want to show you an example of drawing close to Jesus. Flip over with me to Mark chapter 5 now. Give you a second to do that. Mark chapter number 5 gives us a beautiful example of someone drawing close to Jesus. In the fifth chapter of Mark, we find one of the most striking portraits of desperation drawing close to Jesus. In Mark 5, we see something that someone has been dealing with for almost all of their life. For at least 12 years, the Bible points out that they have been dealing with something. They had lost some things. The devil had stole some things from them. 
But in Mark chapter 5, we find somebody that has had enough. We find somebody that says, you know what? I'm going to press through. We find somebody that says, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I am going to draw close to Jesus. I'm going to bring my case to him. I'm going to bring him into what's going on with me. Look with me in verse 21, chapter 5. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side... A great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman, having a flow of blood for twelve years, had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard that Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch the clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing himself that power had gone out of him turned around in the crowd and said who touched my clothes? But his disciples said unto him you see the multitude thronging you and you say who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your afflictions. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard that he was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this communion and weep? And the child is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child, those who were with him, and entered where the child was lying. And he took the child by the hand and said to her, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl rose and walked, and she was twelve years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. Uh, look at here this morning. I see two different cases of people uh, that were drawing close to Jesus in the most desperate times of their lives. The first one we want to look at is this woman. The Bible said the woman had a hemorrhage. She had a constant bleeding that could not be stopped. She also faced other difficult issues. She was financially broke. She was financially broke. The Bible said that she had no insurance. 
She had depleted her financial resources. Conditions were no better. No answers were being answered. But the problem continued to grow worse and worse and worse. She also had psychological issues. She had to sneak around. Look at verse 27 there. She had to sneak around. She couldn't go out in public. She had to sneak around. Uh, This was an embarrassing kind of illness. She also had a spiritual and a social issue. The Bible said that she was unclean. According to the Levitican law, chapter 15, you'll find that because of her bleeding, she was unclean. In other words, let me say this. She had to be quarantined. She was quarantined for 12 years. 12 years she could not go around nobody. All of this is weighing on her because she has been bleeding for 12 years. She has spent everything she's had for 12 years. She's seen every doctor in the world for 12 years. She ain't had no fellowship in 12 years. She ain't had nobody to touch her in 12 years. She ain't had nobody to shake her hand, rub her back, tell her she's beautiful. She's not had any contact for 12 years. This woman's life was one big issue. She was defiled. She was destitute. She was discouraged. And she was desperate. And we all know what it's like to have a bad day. But we have nothing on this woman. Twelve years of constantly having to endure would be more than most of us could take. There's nothing about, there's something about us getting desperate that changes things though. There's something about that situation that brings God's truth into the focus as never before. You see, in Mark 5, Jesus was in town the word had gotten around of the, what his power was capable to do. The word had gotten around that he was able to deal with things that nobody else could deal with. The problem was this, though. Jesus was not in town to see the woman. Jesus had an appointment book that was filled up. But when she caught sight of who he was... When she caught sight of him coming down the street, she knew that he had already been there for somebody else. Verse 22 tells us he was there for Jairus' daughter. Before telling us about the woman, Mark tells us about the important people that was around Jesus. In the midst of this surging throng of people, What we find was this bleeding, desperate woman, a penniless, nameless, nobody in the crowd. But she approaches him from the rear sight unseen. Technically, what this woman did was against every law possible because she was unclean. So to pull any of this off, she had to skip over the law. She had to go where the law wouldn't allow her to go. 
Grace has always been greater than the law. What she needed was grace. The law was telling her, woman, you need to go away. But grace was calling her to come a little closer. The law said, you're an outcast. But grace was saying, I'm here for you too. The law was telling her she was condemned. But grace was saying, condemnation is counseled out. And once she finally got close enough to Jesus, she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible says, immediately... She was healed. Now this is the first supernatural event that took place inside of her. Verse 30 tells us, after that, let's look at verse 30 with me. We're going somewhere, you hold on. Jesus immediately knowing himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? Who touched my clothes? Who touched me? He knew someone had touched him for he could feel the power leaving. He was surrounded by a multitude. Why didn't more people draw close enough to him? Because they were only interested in one thing. Let me apologize for that. We have a mess up every now and then. Now let's get back. My recorder had shut off. When we get a good recorder, that won't happen. Let me get back. Why didn't more people throng around him that day? Why didn't more people draw to him? Why didn't more people touch him? Why didn't more people draw close to where Jesus was at? Why didn't more people get uh, the same healing that she got? Why didn't more people uh, get uh, 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 what their needs met like Jesus met her needs? Why wasn't everybody else excited about what Jesus was doing? Why wasn't everybody else getting healed? Why wasn't everybody else getting blessed? Why wasn't everybody else uh, receiving the same thing? that she got. Why? I begin to think about that. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the other crowd was not there for the healing of Jesus. They was there to see what he was going to do with Jairus' daughter. They wasn't there desperate enough. They wasn't there drawing close to him. Uh, They was there for a show. But this woman, she didn't need a show. She didn't want a show. All she wanted to do was draw close to Jesus because she knew that if she could get close to Jesus, everything would be all right. I come this morning in the power of the anointing of God telling somebody today, if you'll just get real close to Jesus, you'll get everything that you lost back. If you'll just draw close to him he'll draw close to you everything you're going through it may feel like hell but I'm telling you with Jesus on your side you will make it through everything you're battling will come to an end because the season of your life is going to change the closer you get to Jesus the better off you'll be she went through the crowd crawling in order to get to where he was at She went through the crowd crawling. 
You see, the law may tell you today and religion may tell you today that, boy, you're condemned. And the law may tell you today and religion may tell you today that you're stuck the way you are. And the law may tell you and religion may tell you that there's nothing nobody can do. But I'm here to tell you that if you'll draw close to Jesus, everything will work out. She went where no one else would go. She went away that no one else would go. You see this with me, Ron. Watch this real quick. Mentally, she had been told she was a nobody. Mentally, she had been told, you got to stay away from everybody. Mentally, she had been told by every doctor that took everything she had that you're never going to get any better. Mentally, all this has been piled on her. Psychologically, all this is weighing on her. Everything in the world is like, I'm telling you this morning, I feel God right here. We've been told and we've been told and we've been told and we've been told. And some of you this morning, you've been told and you've been told and the world's beating you up and they said you're never going to act any better. You're never going to do any better. You're never going to get sober. You're never going to let the drugs go. Hey, you're never going to stop doing that you're never going to stop doing this but boy let me tell you of one that if you'll get real close to and you'll draw up beside him I'm telling you Jesus he, he won't make you quit those things but he'll take everything out of your life that is sinful how do you know preacher because I was in that condition I was there one day and God began to take things out of my life first event that took place in her life was he healed her physically he knew someone touched him the bleeding woman was not interested in everybody else she wanted to get in touch with Jesus they were pressing in to see what he was going to do but she wanted him let me say this this morning. A lot of us are in the vicinity of Jesus. Like the crowd, we are all close and seeing what he's going to do. But we really don't understand who we're dealing with. We really don't understand that when we draw close enough to touch him by faith, that there is power that can flow out of him and into our lives. That's the same power that turned a valley full of dry bones into a vast army of living, breathing soldiers for the cause of Christ. You can be in the vicinity of Jesus this morning. You can be in the same neighborhood of Jesus this morning without really ever touching Him and receiving His power. Just because you're in the crowd does not make you a connector. In order to connect to Jesus, we've got to be willing to draw close to him.
Jesus wanted to know who touched me. He looked around the crowd, didn't see. He just waited. Hmm. You know what always throws me off right here? Let me tell you. He could have said who touched him. He knew who touched him already. Why do you say that, preacher? Because he's 100% man, he's 100% God. He knew who touched him that day. He said, I know who touched me. But he looked at the crowd and said, who's going to be the one that says I did it? What do you mean, preacher? God's just waiting for somebody in the crowd to say it was me. I'm the one desperate enough. I'm the one that's been through enough. I'm the one that said, I'm tired of living a life of that boy. I know that God wants me to be more than abundantly, and yet I'm living a life that is not more than abundantly. I know that my God has promised me things, and I'm tired of lacking. I know that my God said he would bless me, and I'm tired of not being blessed. I know that my God is powerful enough to heal everything going in on my body, but I'm tired... I'm going to be the one today that's going to be desperate enough to crawl if I have to to an altar of prayer. I'm going to be the one desperate enough to crawl through the crowd. I'm not here to see what the preacher's going to do. I'm not here to see what so-and-so's wearing. I'm not here. I'm here for one reason, and that is because I need to draw close to Jesus. I need to get to where he's at. I need to touch him. I need to crawl if I have to to, to get to where he's at. The lady looks up and says, she falls at his feet. The Bible says she testifies of what happened. And after her situation brought glory to Jesus, the result was a personal, intimate time with Jesus. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? When she came to Jesus, she was a nobody in the crowd. But watch this now. You can be all around Jesus and be nobody in the crowd. But after she drew real close to him, the Bible says Jesus said, Daughter. fat didn't bless you, 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 it's just completely broke. It's just, it's just dry today. Your, your blessers broke if that didn't help you none. Because she came to him as a nobody. But as she left, the Bible called her a daughter. And I say this morning, when I came to Jesus, I was a nobody. When you came to Jesus, you was a nobody. You was just a part of the crowd. But until you're desperate enough, until you want it bad enough, until you receive it and come to Jesus and say, I'm going to receive. If I'm about tired of all the religious people that say, yo, preacher, you can't have that. You can't do that. You can't. If my Bible says that Jesus promised it to me, then here by faith today, I claim it. If he said I, he owns a cattle on a thousand hill and it's mine, bless God, I'm going to claim my cattle today. 
today. If he said there's healing in his wings, bless God, I'm going to claim my healing today. He said, If he says there's power, I'm going to claim my power today. I'm tired of the devil winning. I'm tired of religious folk getting in my way. I'm tired of all of it. I'm tired of quarantine. I'm tired of COVID. I'm tired of sickness. I'm tired of death. I'm claiming it all today in Jesus' name. Why, preacher? He said, if I'll draw close to him, he'll draw close to me. We walk around here like a sour puss, all soiled up, sad all the time. There's time to be some joy and rejoicing in the house of God. There's time to get back to where the people of God come inside God's house and they're excited about what God's going to do. They're prayed up, they're stayed up, and they're ready to see God move. They're ready to see nations changed. They're ready to see people saved. They're ready to see people delivered and healed. We need to get back to where we're drawing close to God. Religion is dead, but God is alive. Religion will do you no good this morning. I don't care how pretty you, your clothes are today. I don't care if you brush your three, three, brush your teeth three times before you come here. It don't matter how good your breath smells. Religion is dead. Religion will not help you. Religion had everybody in the crowd looking to see what Jesus was going to do. But it took a broken down woman that wasn't good enough to go to the house of God. But bless God, she crawled all the way to Jesus just to get a touch. Because when she knew that when she got a touch, everything was going to change. I'm speaking to somebody today. Boy, you need to crawl to him. You need to get to him. The Holy Ghost is telling you today, right now, you need to get to where Jesus is at. Because if you'll just get there... Everything else is going to be all right. Quit worrying about it. Quit complaining about it. Quit crying about it. Get to where Jesus is and bring him into your case. He called her a daughter. She went from being nobody to being the daughter of Jesus. Jesus told his new daughter to go in peace. That word peace is slum. It's the kind of peace that puts life in proper perspective. It means having all of life's needs abundantly met. It's the same word that when Jesus has said in John 10 and 10. Oh boy, I feel it coming. It's the exact same word when Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. It's the same. When he tells her to go in peace, he's saying, I want you to go in peace, not just a little bit of peace. I want you to have abundance of peace. I want you to have, oh my, help me, Jesus. I want you to have peace over everything going on in your life. I want you to have peace over your, I want you to have peace over the sickness that has left your body because it ain't coming back. I want you to have peace over the situation 
situation with your family. They've deserted you. I want you to have peace over the situation with your finances. I don't want you to worry about it. I want you to have peace over everything you lost because now that you've got a touch from me, everything else is going to be all right. Now that you've grown close to me, don't you worry about it. Everything's going to be all right. Hey, he said, I want you to have abundance of peace. If there's one thing we need today is abundance of peace. We need abundance of peace. He said, daughter, go ahead with abundance of peace. It's the same thing that Jeremiah proclaimed in Jeremiah 9. You see, you can't brag about an intimacy with God then you really don't have much to talk about. The second one today, and we'll, we'll, be, we'll go home, I'm done. The second healing today. After she becomes a daughter, she's got her needs met, and then he goes back to Jarius, 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 Perius. I'll call him Jack. She goes back to Jack, he does and says Jack all these people are running you might as well leave Jesus alone your daughter is dead you know what I love about Jesus Jesus said Jack you ain't got nothing to worry about (laughs) Jack just follow me Jack just get on board with me and they go to the house and I can see all the mourners around. And I can see the whole crowd around. Everybody in the crowd is just waiting. What is Jesus going to do now? What is he going to do? Jesus runs everybody out. Let me tell you this. He'll run out the spectators. He'll run out the religious folk. When you preach like this, you'll run religious. They'll, they'll slam leave you. They'll say, this man's done went blum crazy. I got to get out of here. Jesus ran everybody out. And he looks down at this little girl and says, Daughter, get on up. Daughter, it's time to arise. I'm speaking to somebody today. It's time to arise. It's time to get on up. It's time to draw real close to him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine with me real quickly and and we'll, we'll be done. Can you imagine what it was like for the daddy? Can you imagine with me real quickly what it was like for the mama? Can you imagine what it was like for the little girl. Can you? The Bible says they were all overcome with amazement, but I don't believe that does it any justice. I don't believe that does it any justice at all because here is a girl that was dead, and the girl couldn't do nothing about her condition because she was already gone. The girl was just a body laying there. Her spirit was gone. There was nothing she could do. She couldn't draw near to Jesus because she was, thank you, Lord, because she was already gone. But boy, there was a mama and there was a daddy that could draw close to Jesus for her.
her. I'm speaking to some mamas and some daddies today. You need to draw real close to Jesus because it may be your daughter. It may be your son. It may be your grandchildren. It may be somebody. They're already dead and they can't get to where Jesus is at. And the only hope they have is for you to draw real close to Him and get real close with Jesus because they have no hope without you. said to draw close draw close listen this morning we could go on and on and on with examples after example of people that had had enough and they drew close to Jesus and everything changed If you was here Wednesday night, Ben's not here this morning. He ain't having no ride. Brother Ben drew real close to Jesus Wednesday night. He had had enough. And broken and shattered, he come to where Jesus was at, and Jesus met him right over there on that altar. And the first thing he said when he come up, he said, Preacher, I need to be baptized. He was drawing close. He was drawing close. He had had enough. He, let me ask you this morning, who in here has had enough? Who in here has had enough of the situation? Who in here has had enough of the circumstance? Who in here has had enough? And they, you say right now, I'm going to draw real close to Jesus because I've had enough. I'm bringing Jesus into my case right now because I've had enough. I've had enough. Would you do that this morning? Would you bring Jesus to where you're at this morning? Look at here. I'm done, I promise you. Some of us are right here. And we're waiting for Jesus to come to where we're at. And we're sitting here and we're saying, if Jesus will come to me, I'll come to him. But if you'll notice, both cases now, both cases, both cases, it was the opposite. Both cases, they went to where Jesus was at to draw close to Jesus. Say, there's some here this morning. You need to get up from where you're at and you need to draw close to Him. Quit waiting on Him to come to your pew. Why don't you come to where He's at? Why, quit waiting on Him and come. He, because mm, I don't care. If you have to crawl, if you want it bad enough, Jesus is available. If you have to crawl, if you have to beg, if you have to roll, God is, a, if you will draw close to him, I'm telling you this morning, he'll draw close to you. And then there's some, you need to draw close for your kid's sake. Get us something ready, Mike. You need to draw close for your kid's sake. Let me tell you this. The devil's got so many people so busy today that we have lost our spirituality. Spiritually, we are bankrupt because we work in 90 hours a week and pray in five. If the average Christian only prays about two minutes a day, 
two minutes. The average Christian prays two minutes, and that is counting, saying the blessing over the food. 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there. We're wondering why we're spiritually bankrupt. We're wondering why our country is going to hell in a handbasket. We're, 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 we're wondering why there's no healing in the house of God. We're wondering where's God at. God has not moved. He's waiting for somebody today that will get up and draw close to him and say enough is enough. I'm tired of seeing daughters die. I'm tired of seeing sons die. I'm tired of all that's going. I'm going to draw close to Jesus. I'm going to get to where I'm tired of the condition I got. I'm tired of bleeding from every spot in my body. I'm tired of being hurt. I'm tired of waking up sad. I'm tired of losing my joy. I'm tired of taking Prozac. I'm tired of everything. I'm going to get to where Jesus said because I know if I can just touch the hem of his garment, everything will be made whole. Would you come to Jesus today? You stand. All over this building, God's speaking this morning. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask you to come today. you got needs today. Don't, don't let this opportunity pass you by. Father, in Jesus' name, we claim victory today over the devil. And God, I know that he's tried to sway this service. I know, God, that he's tried his best to get in my way. He's tried his best to get in the, uh, in the Spirit of God's way. And now he's trying his best to get in the people's way. God, I pray and plead in the precious name of Jesus that there'd be some folks here today that would say, I'm tired of it. I am going to draw close to Jesus today. I'm going to bring him into my case. I'm going to get everything back that the devil's taken from me. I am tired of this living this way. I'm getting to where Jesus is at. And then there's others here today. They're, they look at their children and God, it breaks them. It breaks their hearts because their children have gone wayward. They look at the conditions of their grandchildren and they've gone wayward and it breaks them down. God, uh, maybe today is the day that they're going to draw close on their behalf. Lord, whatever the need is today, I pray and plead you to meet it. In Jesus' name, we do humbly pray today. As they're praying already, you come this morning, draw close to him. Draw close to him. I've done all I can do today. Draw close to him. Draw close to him. Draw close to him today. Draw close to him. Draw close to him. Arise, daughter. Arise, son. I'm going to draw close to him today, preacher. You don't understand what I've been going through, but you don't understand the power of my God. There's some you're battling with temptation and you're battling with, with, let me tell you, let me tell you, you listen to me, sir. You listen to me, ma'am. You will not defeat the enemy on your own. You're battling temptation and you're battling things that the devil's putting in your path. Let me tell you, you're not going to defeat it on your own. You need to draw close to Jesus.
The only way that he'll flee from you is if you get closer to God. He, the Bible says he will flee. If you'll resist and draw close, you, he will flee from you. But if you keep playing this little religious game to where you feel good about it, but you know deep down inside you are not where you need to be with Jesus, the devil's going to keep packing you and packing you and packing you. You're going to have to come to Him. Listen to me. Listen to the preacher. You want to tap into the power? You're going to have to come to where He's at. He's a gentleman. He's not going to chase you down. But if you come to where He's at, He'll help you this morning. He'll help you this morning. If you'll come to Him, He'll help you. Heaven and hell's on the line here. Eternity's on the line here. Healing's on the line here. Deliverance is on the line here. There's some this morning, you've been battling things for so long and you've been trying to fight them on your own. Why don't you come and draw close to Jesus? I'm glad to know that He fights my battles. I've been dealing with financial problems. Preacher, why don't you come to Jesus? He'll work it out. Huh. I've been battling sickness, preacher. Why don't you come to Jesus? He'll work it out. Preacher, I have so much doubt in my mind. He is not above, he's not below your doubt. You say, preacher, I'm struggling in my faith. I just don't know what I believe anymore. He is not below that either. Just come and draw close to him. I feel the Spirit of God stirring in this place. God's never spoke to me the way He's been speaking to me lately, folks. I've been doing this for a long time, but God's, He's not spoke to me the way He's been speaking to me lately. I'm telling you, He's calling us to a higher standard this morning. He's calling us to a place that we ain't never been before. And the only way you're going to get there, the only way I'm going to get there is we're going to have to draw real close to Him.
We've got to draw real close to them. We've got to deny all the worldliness, deny all the things that are going on around us. We're going to have to put off the old man and put on the new. And we're going to have to get real close to some, real close to him. Because our sons and our daughters are on the line. They're dying without Jesus every day. The church is powerless because it's drawn far away. God's calling us to draw close. I still believe God is using men and women of God today to change this world. He's using men and women of God to change counties, to change states, to change countries. And today he's calling us to draw to him. To get to where he's at. To quit playing church. To quit playing like we know what we're doing. He's calling us to draw close to him. He wants to speak to you. He wants to heal you and deliver you. He's calling you to get real close to him. share with you this morning just keep that playing it's alright had a sister this morning I'm going to share just a minute Anna I'm not going to leave put any names in there but I'm going to share just a little bit sister Anna come up to me this morning and said she said preacher God ain't never spoke to me this way before she said, but God put somebody on my heart this morning and I called him, I texted him and said, you need to be at church today. God's placed you on my heart. He's, he, told me to, he told me to call you right now. She didn't say those exact words, but that summarizes it, does it not? She said, God ain't never spoke to me that way before, preacher. It was almost like he was right there, right there with me. God ain't never spoke to me that way. Let me tell you something. God's moving. Listen to me, people. God is moving. And if we don't draw close to where he's at, we're going to miss it. If we don't crawl real close to him, we're going to miss it. Because I believe God's wanting to do something he ain't never done before. I believe God's wanting to do something that he ain't never done through this preacher before. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. What, what some of the things God's been putting in my spirit, I've been scared to preach. Because some of you are going to think, well, he's done went off the deep end. He's done, he's done moved over here in some kind of craziness, but God's been speaking to me. And I'm going to be honest, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's scary. I, look over at, I looked over at God today, or, or Friday, and said, God, what are you talking about? Seasons are changing. He said, Preacher, I'm telling you, the season is changing in people's life, and they need to get on board. He said, The ship is about to pull out of dock, they need to get on board. It's about to pull out into deep water. You've got to get on board. Don't miss what God is doing because of pride. Don't miss what God is doing because you, you can't understand it. I can't understand it. 
I don't know what he's doing. All I know is I feel him from the bottoms of my soles of my feet to the hair on my head. I feel the spirit of God. And I know God's wanting to do something in your life. And God's wanting to do something in your family's life. And God's wanting to do something through our church. And God's moving in a way that I've not felt him moving so long. And he's talking so clear to me that I've never heard him speak like this before. I'm just telling you, church, we've got to get close to God. We've got to get close to him. Because he's going to bless you. Some of you have been, been told it's wrong to pray and ask God. It ain't wrong to ask God to bless you. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless the people of God. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I hope the word of God's been a help to you. Sorry we had technology difficulties. We'll make sure it doesn't happen again. But we appreciate your attendance here. I hope the spirit of God has spoken to you. I hope he's brought life to areas of your life that was dead. I hope you allow the word of God to continue, to continue to stir your heart. And if nothing else, if you didn't get nothing outside of the message today, I want you to have those two words in your head. Draw close. Draw close. Draw close. Because God is doing something in the hearts of people today. Thank you so much for being here. Brother Eric, would you dismiss us in a word of prayer?